Welcome to Level Playing Field, a podcast where a group of longtime friends get together to talk about the world of video games. Today, we're going to be recapping all the fun stuff we've been playing. My name is Andrew Kimball, and I'm your host. Joining me tonight, I have the dynamic duo of Joe Summer. You're just going to pause at one half of the duo? Yeah, I mean, you got to talk so that the audio listeners know who Joe Summer is. Oh, they know who I am. <laughs> new listeners don't. All right, if you're a brand new listener, never listen to the podcast before, write in and tell me so I know that next time I need to introduce myself. And Dylan Wren. Hey, people. Yeah, was... <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of just like introducing both of us and letting the audience figure it out like on their own and just kind of ambiguously, you know, get five episodes in and are like shocked like, oh, that's Dylan that's talking. I thought that was Joe. Well, you guys sound almost exactly the same, so it is kind of challenging. <laughs> I mean, you realize that neither of us can recognize that, right? We sound very different to ourselves. True. Yeah, it's kind of insulting, True. actually. Yeah, how dare you? <laughs> well, it's just us tonight. It's just the three amigos, the three musketeers, however you want to slice it. Before we dive in, I just want to ask that if you enjoy our show, please tell your friends. It would really mean a lot, and that is probably the most effective way of growing the show if we're being honest also go check out our website levelplayingfieldgaming.com from there you can find links to all of our social media pages our youtube channel and twitch which we're on tonight and our patreon speaking of patreon dylan yes what would you like me to talk about what do what do people get on patreon um, they get a few different things. First off, they get access to our Discord, where you can come in and chat with us as we randomly post things that catch our eye throughout the week and have conversations back and forth about how scary Resident Evil is or is not, or what games that are you know coming out to Game Pass we're looking forward to. So if you're interested in that, uh, that might be a good reason to join our Patreon. You also get access to four bonus shows. Um, well, a bonus show a week, I guess. <laughs> like wait, in general, wait, four bonus four shows a month. Bonus shows. I was going yeah, with four a month. episodes. Yeah, four yeah, four episodes of two shows. Yeah, so there's two there's two different bonus shows. One one a week, so they alternate back and forth each week. Um, one of them is uh, a movie podcast that is hosted by Caleb and Aubrey, who are not here with us tonight. But um, if you so want no to hear movie them, talk tonight. There will be a movie podcast next week, though, right? So if you're listening to this, like, when it comes out. This week, I guess, because right. it'll come out on Monday. Right. So if you're if you're missing them, they, there should be a movie podcast that they have come out. And they Do you get know together. some of the topics they've covered so um, far? I know that they have recast Lord of the Rings and that we have talked about Godzilla, because I was on both of those episodes. I think they did something Pixar-related. I think they've done something uh with the like wandavision i want to say um so they not just movies i guess it's tv shows and you know that side of film stuff in general and then we have another podcast that we call the open mic podcast so it's 
essentially similar to this, but instead of limiting ourselves to specifically talking about video games, we talk about all the other things that we're into and that we like and things that happen in our lives. Because we're not, I mean, we are largely about video games as people, but we do other things in our lives as well. And so if you're interested in hearing us talk for another hour each week, or every other week, I guess, you could subscribe to the Patreon and get that too. So. I think yep. those are and the three. Th- oh, and you can like write in and request topics and stuff if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's uh, like topic suggestions. But, you know, if we're being honest, you could just shoot me an email and we'd probably take that, too. But there is unedited versions of this podcast. And there's also shout outs on the show, which you can use like Bo Black does our current long running uh patron at that level we really appreciate him where he just we just shout him out we thank him or we appreciate his support but you can also like if you have your own podcast or if you stream or if you are a cosplayer or if you do art or whatever and you want to promote it on our show it's you know kind of like a little ad spot you could throw in there too you could we could shout you out give you a little bit of airtime right here put you in front of our audience in that in that manner if you if you join at that tier so a little bit of back and forth there you support us we support you and uh, we're trying really to provide more content more value through patreon so it it also you know if there's anything that the listeners out there like i would subscribe to patreon if they did this or such and such then you know let us know you can write into the email you can shoot me a message on any social media platform that we're on and uh, we'll definitely take that into consideration. With that being said, I think it's time to get this thing started. Like I said on the top of the the show, we're going to do uh, just kind of a, a roundup of what we've been playing and see what we've all been up to recently because it's been a minute since we've done that. But before we dive into that, we haven't touched Fantasy Critic in a hot minute. Fantasy Critic? Yeah. Do you remember what that is? Joe's favorite segment, right? It is Joe's favorite <laughs> segment. It's going to make a joke about remember what that is because it's really kind of like, I mean, stuff has come out, but like it's been pretty uh, yeah, stale in terms of like you're just holding the course. There's no like yeah, pickups or drops or anything, I think. Yeah, I think it, check. There's, there's been a little bit of movement, but I think by... And like largely everybody is kind of just holding out for a couple weeks from now, a few weeks from now for E3. I think it's coming up like first or second week of June, something like that. And so in theory, we're going to hear a lot more about like what the second half of the year holds. So I know at least that's been my strategy as I've been kind of like hanging out, um, hanging on to I think I've got like one or two drops left kind of waiting to see what's what's coming out second half of this year so whether or not i drop elden ring is uh been (laughs) on my mind don't do it don't do it gotta believe did they said the last thing i heard was that it would come out in the fiscal year which ends march 2022 Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm So, yes, and they have a history of releasing games in like that first late February or beginning. Yeah. Yeah, So there's there's like, oh, it's coming, but maybe not this year. 
is, is kind of where I'm, so I'm really like, I don't know. So uh, with that being said, Joe, how you mentioned, like we're kind of just staying the course. I was struggling to remember what we had already covered, like on the last episode, what pickups had happened, what games had come out, etc. So I figured this would be a good opportunity to just kind of do a recap of everything and see where we're at. So if you're if you're watching the stream, if you're watching on video, I'm going to add the website here. I also have my notes to see what what's going on, but starting with Caleb Savioto, he's actually picked up some games this year which is exciting. Last year he did absolutely nothing. Uh so where he's at is he has zero points currently and he has Ratchet and Clank, Horizon Forbidden West, God of War Ragnarok, Open Roads, Psychonauts 2, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2, Mario Golf Super Rush, Braid Anniversary Edition. None of them have come out. Yeah, we've um, got what? Ratchet and Clank and rumored Psychonauts 2 within the next couple months, right? Yeah, and Mario Golf will probably, and Braid will probably definitely come out. But Yeah, Mario Golf's like, september though later this year isn't it i don't know uh, you know i have no idea but you know what did occur to me dylan what we could look at this. i didn't i didn't explain what this is like if this is your first episode and you don't know who joe is joe why don't you tell everybody what this fantasy critic thing actually is <laughs> besides your favorite topic or your favorite segment this is um i'm trying to think of something it's kind of, i don't want to equate to like fantasy football because that's really not what it's like <laughs> at all but that's still the closest approximation basically what we the just of the game is that you actually i guess if you've ever heard of like movie drafts it's it's closer to that so given all the games coming out this year you have x number of slots on your roster and you slot games coming out this year into that roster and then as those games come out you get points based on the review scores for those games. And the way that the score works is uh, 70 gets you zero points, and then every point above 70 gets you one point. Every point you get above 90 gets you two points. Um, and then every point below 70 costs you a point. Yes, it does. Um, and and you, yeah. can, you can add and drop games. You can you know bid on what's coming out. So you're not locked into something at the uh, that you picked up at the start of the year, um, unless you're me, where I've been counterpicked on a bunch of the stuff <laughs> that are it's on my list. So we did a so the way it works is you you do a draft initially to get like half of your uh, roster set up, and then you can bid to fill the rest of the slots. And we did our draft as an episode earlier this year. So if you haven't checked that one out, you can go back and find it where we. We picked up the games that we started with. I think that's a pretty good overview. So moving into Dylan, currently sitting at 41 points now. It was 40 yeah. last time I checked. Something's wrong. <laughs> what did I get bonus points for? So Dylan currently has on his roster Resident Evil Village, Monster Hunter Rise, Outriders, The Medium, Hollow Knight Silksong, Werewolf the Apocalypse, Earthblood, Near Replicant Version, whatever. You know, one point all the this stuff. It's the what square root of one point five or something. I have no idea. 
it it means something. I've I've heard it mentioned on other podcasts. It's like this. It's like the square root of one point five or something. Mm. You know, cute like that. Bio mutant, little devil inside, Diablo two resurrected, Monster Hunter stories two, Wings of Ruin, Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance. So. You're positive on everything that's come out so far, except for Werewolf. I know yeah. we've talked about that, um, yeah. but still, 41 points. If you if you hadn't like Werewolf is essentially canceling out Resident Evil at this point. Yeah, like I would have been in like 55 ish range, I think, had I not been so loyal to Werewolf: The Apocalypse Earthblood. <laughs> so, but I'm. And I, I'm excited about a lot of the rest of the games that are on that list. Like, I think it's a solid lineup of stuff that hasn't come out yet, except maybe Hollow Knight Silk Song. Not because I think it's going to be bad, but mostly just because I am not very confident that it's actually going to come out. Right. Yeah. Um, but everything else, I think, will probably do. Pre- like, I guess Biomutant is a question mark. Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance is a question mark. I think those will be good, fun games, but I can see them also coming out and just being mediocre and mm. hopefully not losing me points, um, but at yeah. least not, maybe just not getting me a whole lot. I was surprised that Outriders was not higher scoring because like our time with the game, it was pretty fun. Like, I mean, it wasn't greater. It, it wasn't, I don't think it should have gotten like, 90s or something like that. No, and they, they, it's score track. Yeah, like, yeah, I think I think it's, it's with a the campaign. Yeah, I think there's just that like public perception is that if a game gets below 80, it's bad. But like 70 really is about right. And honestly, even if you go by the public perception that below an 80 is a bad game, mm-hmm. I think there's some aspects where Outriders is a bad like. 70s is that if this is your shtick you'll have fun but like this isn't an un you know everyone should play this whereas like higher review scores indicate stuff that's like even if this game isn't your shtick you'll still have fun yeah. with it yeah like I like I um like resident evil village this- just to pick on an example up there at 84 yeah. that gets into that territory of like even if you're not a big resident evil or horror fan maybe uh you know that's still worth playing yeah so then based on that my question to both of you is why are you guys sleeping on monster hunter rise huh that's an 88 uh, uh because it's only on the switch hold me yeah so mm. disappointing I, I could definitely see myself getting it at some point but i, I still have like 8,000 moons to get in Odyssey. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have time we'll, to be hunting monsters. We'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that, I'm sure. Uh, so let's move on to Aubrey, because she's not here. She, oh, snap. Yeah. Re- reviews for Mass Effect are starting to populate. She got, she has Mass Effect Legendary Edition, Little Nightmares 2, Back for Blood, Star Wars, Lego Star Wars, The Skywalker Saga, Prince of Persia Remake, Scott Pilgrim, Outlast Trials, Jet the Far Shore, Venba Season, the two Famicom games, which also apparently came out. Mm -hmm. They came out this week, maybe? Yeah, they must have, because in the dock they weren't out when I made the dock on like Tuesday. 
So she's up to 54 because Mass Effect is pulling in big numbers. It's sitting at 90. And then her mm-hmm. two Famicom games are both sitting at six points each. So, yeah. Not too shabby. Mass Effect was a gamble because I wasn't sure if there were going to mm-hmm. be a bunch of people who re-reviewed it because like it largely is the same game. Yeah, I didn't know if it would get dinged for being like they didn't do enough kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, they changed a lot of Mass Effect 1, um, which I think is the big thing because people still loved Mass Effect 2 regardless of it being just a 360 game. And then Mass Effect 3... People have come around on the ending, which was the main thing I think it got dinged for originally. So, um, so yeah, the collection overall doing really well. Mm-hmm. I feel like the main people re-reviewing it, too, are probably, like, people who love it anyway, you know? So, right. Hardcore fans. Yeah. I don't think they're people like you who have never played it and, like, are jumping in for the first time i think it's people that like loved it back in the day and are like oh yes i'm so excited to do this again so it's a lot of comparisons like oh they fixed the mako or mako or whatever so it's 90 it's 100 yeah yeah makes sense I'd, um, unfortunately open critic doesn't break it down by platform but i would like to see the reviews broken down by platform because the pc port is getting dinged a little bit because they basically don't have a settings menu on the PC port and some of their widescreen support is lacking, which is just kind of a, which the latter is a case of a little bit of false advertising. And then the former is just a, you know, on the one hand, it's an old game. On the other hand, you go through all this effort to re-release the game, have this definitive edition and you can't even change the graphic settings. Yeah. Were, were the older games on PC? Yeah, yeah, I played them all okay. on PC. There, okay. the, the third one wasn't on Steam for the longest time. It was just like an origin. Yeah, thing. it was just an origin because EA tried to make that a thing for a while. Yeah, because I was going to say, I feel like for at least the first game, it was largely like a... Did it come out as a 360-like exclusive? exclusive? Yeah, because I was going to say, I think some of... Some of what you're talking about, Joe, is probably the like, it's a console port or it's a like a PC port of a console game sort of situation. Oh, yeah, no, for yeah, for sure. That's that's what's going on. And like I said, it's just a, a shame. And I'd like to see these reviews broken down by platform on like, yeah, because they've only got 19 reviews on Open Critic. Well, it just came out. Too, um, so that's yeah. that's true. That they, there does need to be a little more time for. It'll probably change over in, the next week or so. Yeah, yeah. I'd like yeah. to see how I, that I, shakes out because it's if you're gonna, it's like I said, mm-hmm. if you're gonna make it like the definitive edition and then to just kind of like not put effort into the PC port, I just wonder if the PC scores trend down or if that yeah. gets swept under the rug a little bit. Yeah, and and since it's all three games in one, I what I've been seeing is a lot of people releasing like reviews in progress. Like we've played through. 20 hours of mass effect one but like we're still in mass effect one we have two and three to go like we'll keep updating our scores as we go so i don't know when it locks in on the one hand as a mass effect fan i'm like it's just going to keep going up it's going to get better (laughs) but on the (laughs) other hand i'm like i wouldn't be shocked if it settled around like 85 which is still really good yeah it's still good it'll still get aubrey some some decent points Moving over to Joe, CD Projekt Blue. 
You have Deathloop, Bravely Default 2, It Takes Two, 12 Minutes, Gran Turismo 7, finally a game without a number in it, Cuphead, The Delicious Last Course, Kena Bridge of Spirits, Ruined King, A League of Legends Story, Elden Ring, Boyfriend Dungeon, Total War, Warhammer 3. Two of those have come out, giving you 26 points. That's uh, It Takes Two and Bravely Default 2. And Gran Turismo will not release this year. Surprised you haven't dropped it yet. I thought we didn't get drops if a game wasn't going to come out. No, you don't get drops after it's come out. You can't drop it after it's come out. But I can't drop my games that won't come out because you guys counterpicked them. Oh, I thought there was some rule about like when a game gets one not released, you can... You get three drops, and I think each of them have different rules, or do we just... One of... I I don't remember. I know how we played last year was one of them you could... You could drop one will not release. You could drop one for... um, Just because. Any reason. And then... I forget what the last... Maybe we only got two drops last year. So I think this time it's two any... yeah, they might all be. Our league reason, options yeah. says we have three drops for any unreleased droppable game. Right. Okay. So you can drop Gran Turismo Seven. And we have you want. zero drops for Will Not. Let me see if I can drop Gran Turismo. It should let you. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, let it, me. It went through. Yeah, it'll let you. The only yeah, I was like, we'll move on to me now. I have Far Cry 6, Hitman 3, Halo Infinite, Gotham Knights, Ghostwire Tokyo, Lord of the Rings Gollum, New Pokemon Snap, Returnal, MLB The Show 21, Cyber Shadow, Solar Ash, and Sifu sitting at 62 points. But two of those games I mentioned won't come out this year, Lord of the Rings and Gotham Knights. But I can't drop them because other people in the game have counterpicked them. You can't drop a counterpicked game. So... I'm hosed on those two slots, essentially. And a lot of my games are early, so I'm crushing you guys. Well, Aubrey's catching up now that Mass Effect's come out, but I was initially, like, crushing you guys. But that's because I have, like, one, two, three, four, five games that have come out versus most everybody has had, like, two. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I'm sitting at 62 points, which is nice. Hitman 3 and Returnal both getting me 16 points, but I haven't broken 90 on a game yet, so... We'll see. We'll see how it goes. You know, I may um, may do some tweaking to my to my roster here before the end of the year. E three is coming up. I do think that like Solar Ash and Sifu. And what is Sifu? What is that? Sifu is that game that was uh, announced a few months ago at some sort of PlayStation show where you play as like a like a in a samurai. It's, it looks roguelike ish. Very much looks like they took the hallway scene from daredevil and turned it into a video game okay but it looks like as you fail runs your samurai gets older it's like he ages through the game looks really stylish very kind of samurai jack very just super like butt kick action game don't know how deep it'll be or whatever but just style alone makes me think it's going to get decent scores but you know, so I don't. I have a lot of games that I think are going to be in that like seventy-five to eighty-five range, and so if I can get, if I can drop one of those for a ninety-five, that would really help me out a lot. Currently, my name still holds true of the champion, but I've had the most releases, mm. so yeah. it's hard to say. It's, yeah, 
and Aubrey and I are catching up and Joe's got a lot of big swingers like for later this year. Like if Elden yeah. Ring comes out, if that League of Legends game comes out, Kenna will probably do good. Cuphead, if it comes out, Total War Warhammer will probably get really good reviews unless they royally mess it up. But yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot of if Even it comes Caleb, out. Like if Caleb's come out, Caleb's oh yeah likely to win. So <laughs> yeah, if Caleb's comes out, he he probably will win. I mean, he has Breath of the Wild, God of War, Horizon. Like if his comes out, he will probably win, and that's the game he is playing essentially. So yeah, so that's a full recap of where we're at at this point in the season. It's about half over, not quite. Uh, it ends, you know, calendar year, so December. But uh, I feel like things are, we're going to have one more major shakeup, which will be like after E3, I feel like. And then once that's done, it'll kind of be just like letting it ride, see what happens. It's all going to shake out where it shakes out. But I'm excited. It's fun. It's one, it's like you're definitely playing the long game. And it is, it is exciting when it all comes to a head. But it is very much like the draft is fun. The first few bids are fun, and then there's a lot of waiting until the final conclusion. But it's cool. We did put some stakes on it. If you go back and listen to that episode where we did our draft, there are some stakes for the winner. Uh, For me, a lot of crap talking initially where I won last year, and so I'm trying to maintain my title. (laughs) But also... We basically, what, we gave somebody carte blanche on an episode or something if they win? I think so. Yeah, so. I'd have to go back and re-listen. <laughs> I remember something about forcing you guys to play uh, Plague Tale, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Something like that. So it's it's going to be fun, and it, it'll translate to content on the other side so that that's going to be cool uh you can you can follow our league i link it in every single show notes so if you want to go check us out and see what we're up to on there you can definitely do that unless you guys have anything else you want to touch on we can move into our main topic i think that's all i can think of with fantasy critic so cool well let's go ahead and move into our main topic for this episode So this is one of those fun episodes where we're just going to recap what we've been playing lately. If my internet will allow me, I may try to keep up with it on the video version slash stream and show some gameplay, but who knows? I may get wrapped up in the conversation or my internet may be like, yo, you can't be doing two things at once. What are you doing? (laughs) So, and since we're streaming, I guess it's three things at once. Um... So there's something we've all been playing. Let's start there. I feel like we may do an episode on this game at some point, although I feel like it really it, it had a really strong week or two, mm-hmm. and now nobody's talking about it, but that's Outriders. Yeah, that is probably the best way to just, like, that was a game we were all playing for like a solid two weeks, and then I think we beat the story, and we were like, all right, we maybe did, I think, did you... I know you and I did one of the like expeditions. Joe, did you ever yeah. do any of the expeditions? Yeah, the expeditions are the game. Oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot that you play this like you play MMOs where it's like the leveling and the story doesn't matter, it's the it's the end game. Yeah, that's what you actually gonna make like cohesive builds and like stuff starts to click. 
I mean, do you though? Because I ran a ton of those like in that like two weeks that I was in into that game, and I have had two legendaries at all drop. Like, and I think they were not from expeditions. Yeah, so. but legendaries aren't what make your build. Like, they're neat, they're fun, but what? Like, when you're making a build, what you're doing is you are. I mean, looking for a couple of things. You're you're farming mods so that you can slot them yeah. into other pieces. But the thing you're really looking for are, you know, similar to Diablo. You're looking for those secondary stat rolls. So in the case of what I was playing, that was like cooldown reduction, close range damage, and I forget what the third stat I was looking for was. But basically, what it was is it was like you're just go like you're cycling through pieces looking for like. Okay, okay, can I get gloves with cooldown reduction and close range damage? Okay, great. I got those. Now let me see, like, can I slot some mods into it and, like, get an optimized piece so I can then, like, start to push the expedition tiers up? See, you and I must have played it very differently because I was playing it looking for set bonuses first and foremost and then was trying to, like, do the secondary stuff, you know? Uh, so let's 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 zoom out for a second just in case people don't know first of all outriders is a third person shooter where you have like superpowers and uh very uh it's co-op based three-player co-op it's got a lot of looter shooter dna but it's not this quite like a a shared world shooter like uh Mm -hmm. division or something like that yeah Uh, it's made by people can fly who made bullet storm and gears of war the spinoff uh what's it called uh judgment. judgment gears of war judgment so they do have some shooter experience and really the the heart of this game is its gameplay and those powers you get with your classes dylan and i played through pretty much the whole thing i i, I played pretty much the whole thing co-op with him he ran ahead of me a little bit but then would like help me catch up and then joe just randomly threw in our discord one night yeah outriders is fun the story was <laughs> dumb but you know it was cool and i didn't believe he actually played it i thought he was trolling us because i hadn't heard him mention anything about the game up to that point and so i was like oh, what class did you pick what's your what's yeah your but favorite, i have free uh... weekends like i was able to to slam through the story not i just a, didn't think you would spend weekend. money on it yeah, well, because Dylan and I played it on Game Pass. The way it was pitched so to me to was, I mean, it's Gears of War gameplay, but like Diablo mechanics, like Diablo itemization yeah. and all that kind of stuff, which is what pulled me into it because that meant that like people whose recommendation I usually trust were recommending this game is like, no, 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 this is really fun because you get to play with like itemization and all that kind of stuff, which is tracked with like what I've enjoyed about the game is. I like have I have resorted to copying someone else's build, um, <laughs> but I, I made it. I think up to like expedition tier four or five, just off of like my own findings, and and the build that I had picked was based off of a misunderstanding about how a mechanic worked. It's 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 each each class, as far as I know, has a special ammunition skill. Where they're like, you can get fire bullets or ice bullets or something like that. And I misunderstood how that damage scaled. And then once someone set me right on like how that 
that damage scaling works. I was I actually had like a cohesive build and suddenly was able to like actually finish expeditions efficiently. Yeah. Yeah, like it's it's a game that like I, I think what Joe is saying, like a Gears of War style gameplay, but Diablo mechanics is probably the best way to describe it, because I feel like that's very similar to how I approach the game too, because like there was a, a for like the first third of the story, you know, I was trying to like crank up the the difficulty level every time, like because it automatically bumps you up difficulty levels as you go through, and so about a third of the way through the game, I started thinking about it more like Diablo, and I was like, oh, okay, so like really, you're just trying to get to like the end of the game, like get to max level, and then worry about like the difficulty, because like in Diablo, when you're leveling up, like you do a new season, like you crank it to like hard or expert, or you find somebody that's like already max level to just run you through on one of the torment difficulties. But like, you're not, you're just trying to get through it as efficiently as possible. And so I cranked it down to like world tier two or something like that world tier three and just ran through the story and had a lot more fun with it that way because you're not just constantly getting your face kicked in by these super hard enemies. And then you can start because like pretty much the world tier just gives you access to higher levels than like your current level, but you're leveling up so quickly throughout the game that it's constantly just like making everything that you pick up irrelevant. So once you hit that max level, cranking up the world tier makes sense to me because it's like, oh, okay, like that's helping me get higher stuff. The story though, and maybe like this is where we can talk briefly about that, but it was uh, interesting. It was uh, fun. Very B-movie, very campy. I was going to say, very cheesy, mediocre line delivery, voice acting, very just kind of kind of goofy. Like, the, mm. this game is not about the story, and if no. we do an episode on it, we'll dive into that more in detail. But I want to go back to something you guys said and just be like the well-actually kind of guy when you guys are comparing it to Gears of War. I feel like it it plays more like a doom or something because it pays to be aggressive in this game. Yeah, well, it's it's not a cover shooter. It's yeah. but there's cover. There, there, there's cover, cover yeah. but it's for the for the enemies. Cover exists, but playing it like a cover shooter is not the way to go. It like I said, it's it's gears style, but it's really more Diablo in that third person shooter. Yeah, yeah, your health bar is going to be rapidly oscillating the entire time. Like, that's that's a very Diablo kind of uh, situation. Yeah. You have that, that oscillation. But in terms well, we of, all... the, like, the, the moving, the shoot, I mean, even the way that the skills aim is, like, how you would throw grenades and gears, um, yeah, you just, you aren't taking cover because too many of the enemy types will run up on you if you're in cover. Um, well, and you get rewarded for for killing things up close and stuff like, like you get yeah he, depending like, on the health from kills yeah so Tom you played the trickster. trickster and I played the which is what we're watching right yeah. now as a trickster build I played the devastator and so like each each class has a different way that it heals itself so the two that Tom and I played were like up close you got health back for killing things in close combat there was also the pyro class which i think had was like putting you, 
dots you get on if stuff. You kill stuff that's on fire. Yeah, basically, like set a bunch of stuff on fire, and then when it dies, you get health if it's on fire. And then there's one class that I don't remember the name of. Chris played. What did you play, Joe? I played the pyro. Um, okay. the the technomancer is the last yeah, one. Yeah, that's the other. And one that just gets bonuses to its skill and weapon leech, which that's more how you're going to heal at end game. The the uh, skill healing is nice, but w- once you're at end game, the majority of your healing is going to be through either like your skills or through your weapons. Yeah, because it's so depending on how you were playing, you might have like the the technomancer i think was more apt to like stay back and like be in cover a little bit because that was kind of their classes thing but like as andrew and i were playing through it we were just like oh there's a group of like 30 enemies no i'm just gonna charge into the middle of it so yeah but and i think this game has a lot of things that would be fun to dive into and pick apart like why can you self-revive when you play co-op but not single player and (laughs) and little things like that but i think we're gonna save those for if we do a deeper dive into it i think in general though Mm -hmm. we all enjoyed our time with this game right yeah like it's at least for me like it was a solid you know like pretty good like i had fun with it for while it lasted is it one that i'm gonna like go back and play a bunch probably not it depends on like if they release some dlc or if they change up like drop rates or something like that or if they do like seasons kind of like diablo does i could see myself getting back into like just a another run through to level up and get some like cosmetic rewards or something but they haven't really talked as far as i know a whole lot about like the plans like if they are planning on doing anything more like they've made it very clear it's not a games as a service so it's not going to be like your division or your destiny or something like that I'm pretty sure um, they've come out and said they're not doing any more content, but I don't know that they expected it to be as successful as it was, too. So anything can go. It's one of those games you mentioned, uh, something that made me think about this, Dylan. One of those games where I enjoy like pretty much everything while I'm playing it, but I don't feel the pull to go play it. Yeah. So if like when Aubrey and Braden picked it up a little bit later after we did, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's jump in. I was having a good time. I rolled a different class. It was fun. But unless they text me and they're, you know, wanting to play, continue to play, I'm not going to be pushing them. I'm not going to be in there doing anything solo. It's one of those things where I enjoy it a lot while I'm playing it, but it's, I don't feel the pull to it. Like I do other games. Yeah. That's Outriders. Caleb, who couldn't be on this episode, wanted us to shout out that he is playing Resident Evil Village and enjoying it very much. Dylan, I know you're also playing it. I think you've started a little little bit. bit. Joe, I don't know if you've played it. I sure as heck have No, that's one that I think I'm going to have to wait on because Mass Effect and Subnautica are coming out. And I was, was busy the last couple of weekends anyways, like when it was coming out. So it's like, I guess I'll get it on sale at some point because I've already like missed the bus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm in the first area still like Caleb's in our chat chiming in. Yeah, I was going to work tonight. He says it's awesome. It's a nightmare, but it's his favorite nightmare he's seen in a while. So I think he in our discord was talking earlier about like being in zone 
like the four uh, four or something like that. I think it's broken down into like five or so sort of zones. He's he's confirming that he was at the fourth. Yeah, he section. said what the second zone was like the most scare like horror y, creepy, messed up, and then some of the others have just been more like moody or atmospheric kind of, but that one was like genuinely terrifying. So that I I feel like we'll do an episode on that game. We may bring in a guest. We may have someone that's not me host it. Like we haven't talked about it yet, but it's a big game this year. I think enough of us are probably going to play it that we could do an episode on it. But right now, early impressions are it's good and it's pretty scary. Yeah. So I'm like for me, like at least so far, I'm still in the first zone, which I I don't think it's spoilers to, to say that it's like European village werewolves, because that's pretty much what the trailers have been if they haven't been the tall vampire lady and so like i I think joe talked about this when we were talking about resident evil 7 a little bit but like we all live in an area where like you could probably drive for a couple of hours and hit like backwoods swamp in the south and so like resident evil 7 to me will always be scarier at least right now not having completed eight just because it's like I I drive past places that could be infested with like mutated rednecks. Um, yeah, but you don't drive. Past I don't a big European castle with exactly. vampires in it very often. Exactly. So you know, it's more fantastical, mm-hmm. a little less like believable for what that's worth. I've been watching yeah. a, a no commentary playthrough of Resi Seven to kind of just see what all the fuss is about, and yeah, the first. The first good like bit of that game is very terrifying, but even like right out of the gate, there's some stuff that happens where it's like, oh yeah, this is still kind of a fantasy world. <laughs> like there's no like yeah. if that happened in real life, the, yeah, it, the game gets, would be over. Yeah, he gets his hand chopped off and they just staple it back on. Yes, right. Yeah, there's multiple amputations that are just like brushed off, and so it's like, okay, that does. It is still a Resident Evil like game, but. The setting is very, yeah, very creepy. There yeah. are multiple times where I turn the volume down, even mm-hmm. just watching the playthrough. But uh, yeah, it's it's one of those that's like uh, I don't know if either of you guys have watched True Detective, but Caleb has, and he's in our chat, so I'm going to say this. But like season one and season three of True Detective are set in like Louisiana and Arkansas, and so that's part of like what adds to the sort of like intrigue and mystery and a little bit of like cosmic horror that those both have going on because of like not only is it like those vibes just in the show but it's places that i've been and driven through you know as a like i can i'm like i've been to arkansas i've driven plenty of times through backwoods louisiana like i know those places so so yeah we'll definitely touch on that more uh let's move into something else joe on your list why don't you, you got a couple other games you've been playing. Why don't you like give us your, your major thoughts on the one you're most into and then maybe just shout out the rest. Uh, well, since Subnautica is less than a day old by default, the that specific version. Yeah. Yeah. By default that leaves. Yeah. Subnautica below zero to be specific. That just leaves now, Mario Odyssey. 
I have a quick question. Are you which one are you talking about? Are you talking about Mario? Yeah. Or, okay. Quick question on Subnautica before we leave. Is that a expansion for the first no, game? No, it's a new or it's a, it's a, it's a, a new whole game. new okay. It's its own independent okay. game. I mean, that it's largely cool. more of the same, like the mechanics aren't really any different. There's just some quality of life stuff and then a bunch of new content. Um Okay. It's good it's not as good they they have a voiced protagonist what really made the first subnautica good was that all the real context you're given is that you're in like a big space liner and it crashes and like as far like you don't know anything else you know like you got an escape pod and you're in the ocean this game's has an established backstory like you sneak onto this planet because your sister got a job there working for this corporation and she the corporation says she's dead in an accident due to her own negligence but like you don't believe it so you're there to find out the truth so you land and you've already got like you know 10 audio logs and your character has a voice and will like say things here and there as you're just playing the game um, which kind of breaks that immersion on like this isn't my experience like my story this is you know oh this is whatever they they want to tell so i mean it's fine it's not bad but I'll, I'll still enjoy it but it's definitely like i would definitely say play subnautica first and if you dig it then maybe look at below zero that's interesting i thought it was like just a like a game of the year edition kind of thing i didn't realize it was a a separate game they could have maybe named it a little bit clearer but yeah because it's it's kind of a majora's mask kind of a thing like they didn't go away and like reinvent the game they're like okay we've got all got all these assets got all these tools let's make the same game again but this time we'll like add a couple of features keep the same core mechanics make it a little more ice like this time you're in like an arctic zone so you need to keep an eye like on temperature as well as your oxygen that sort of a thing gotcha but the other game you're playing is super mario odyssey because it was it was on sale on on like a rare occasion yeah so i i'm catching up on that because i couldn't bring myself to uh you know pay 60 dollars just to play galaxy again um (laughs) which i will probably still end up doing eventually but for now, you know, a little checking out Odyssey, which is my main takeaway is that like I don't the gameplay team and the like story and art team were like off in two different corners when they made this game. <laughs> and like the story the the this like story and concept team, like I don't know what drugs they did. Um <laughs> but like you know, most most Mario platformers feel kind of cohesive. They kind of feel like there's a, a core theme and all that. This game is just kind of like I don't know. What if we just do everything? Um, Mario it has very a much hat. feels like a, a greatest hits. Yeah, uh, Bowser. Like, let's make him bigger than ever. Um, he's kidnapping Peach. We'll keep that. That's usual. But uh, hey, let's get this gang of rabbits called the Brutal. Also, they look like nothing that you've ever seen in a Mario universe. Like they've got this kind of like these like twisted sneers. Like even Bowser is like almost kind of mad looking, but like 
all the Koopalings, you know, are kind of like one of the rabbits. Kind of have like a like a almost like a cute like fun vibe to them. These rabbits are just kind of ugly. If like <laughs> I assumed that they were in other games because I kind of I went from Sunshine to this. Like I didn't play anything between them. So you're telling me, as a Mario expert, those they haven't been in any other. I've game. never seen them before this game. Interesting. Um, okay, and that just kind of like. And that's so that's like how the game introduces itself and it just keeps up from there. The world variety is good. I do like how each world is fairly distinct and unique, but it is still jarring when you go to from like, okay, we're in a, a desert and there's these cute little like skeleton dudes and like this seems pretty kind of standard Mario. And then you've got this level here that, that we're watching gameplay from and this is like not quite photorealistic but like almost a realistic kind of grassland like like the t-rex model With is the very Tyrannosaurus yeah. rex yeah. The, the t-rex model is like very much done in a photorealistic style like obviously it's on the switch so there's limitations there but like not stylized at all they're just like, yeah, we saw a picture of a dinosaur in uh, National Geographic and we're like, yep, put that in the game. And then you go from that to basically New York City with like regular humans, which New leads Donk into City. the fact that Mario is apparently not a regular human because he's only like <laughs> comes up to these people's <laughs> knees. Uh, <laughs> that He could still be a regular human, to be fair. But maybe they're all just, just be short. Other universes, like in his universe, maybe he's normal. Like when I played this game, jo like Joe, I realized everything that you're saying and I just chalked it up to Nintendo weirdness, but I was just like smiling the whole time I was playing it because I, uh, like I was just having so much fun with the gameplay, but I also hadn't played a Mario game, a 3D Mario game since Sunshine, like I said. So I just kind of assumed that this made sense based on the games in between. <laughs> no, because they're, I mean, they're all pretty self-contained, but Galaxy, like Galaxy had a pretty core theme and all the worlds had a fairly consistent art style themed differently you know you had the bee world you had the the water world but it's like you can you can believe that like okay yeah this is all cohesive and connected and and odyssey just it feels like they took the game and then like gave it to three different teams and then just combined everything back at the end and like didn't let the teams talk to each other now it's it's fun like th the gameplay is good the loop of finding the moons is good. I like that you kind of stay in one world. Um, well, and the hat mechanic is super fun too. It's kind of like a Kirby thing where you can kind of take on abilities and stuff. And that's super cool. Yeah. It's really clever from a design perspective because instead of needing to like, when you're doing your level design, design enemies and then design power-ups and think about how those power-ups are going to interact with those enemies you kind of get a two for one on just enemies are the power ups. So when you're placing everything, you just, you're just considering enemy placement. I, I wish more of the levels had a bigger variety of things to use the hat on. Cause as it, 
as it is, most levels have like um, one main enemy that you're throwing the hat onto, and you're going to keep using that same enemy to solve problems. And then you move on to the next world, and it's a new enemy. Like those little tomato dudes from the, the forest world, you use them all over the place, and then you like don't see them again for the rest of the game. <laughs> uh, and I would have liked to have like maybe seen the enemies kind of mixed in there a little bit, uh, you know, callbacks to, to earlier levels. Now, when I, when someone buys a switch, when they acquire a switch, super Mario Odyssey is in the top five games. I recommend for you should play this now that you have a switch. Do you agree with that, Joe? Probably. I mean, it depends okay. on like, who it is and what they're getting their switch for but i mean like mario odyssey mario kart super smash brothers breath of the wild like i don't have them organized or like i haven't put like a ton of thought into what that list actually is but i feel like mario odyssey is just pure fun yeah that 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 is the it's 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 not a oh you need to be into platformers to enjoy this like i said tonally it's kind of all over the place I just have found I just got weirded out by it on more than one occasion, but the the gameplay is good. It's good in handheld mode. Oh well, actually no, I take that back because it being Nintendo, they use stupid motion controls. Um, <laughs> you can turn those off in the menu, though. I think some of that. I mean, they're not mandatory, but some of the hat moves, as far as I can tell only work if you're using the motion controls like you can throw the hatch like more up or you can roll it on its edge or you can do this thing where it like orbits you in a circle for a couple of spins and as far as i know the only way to do that is by shaking the joy cons cool yeah great game i feel like anybody that has a switch should definitely check it out but get ready to play the pay the nintendo tax because I think Joe got it like 20 bucks off and that's probably about a, as low as it will yeah. ever go. So mm. just, you know, and just like randomly too, like, yeah, it, it was not like a, Oh, this is like our, it's not, I Mario guess it was day. maybe like a spring sale or something, but like, yeah, it yeah. wasn't Mario day. It wasn't like a, a big thing. It was just like a randomly, like we looked up and it was like, Oh, people are posting that. Like my Odyssey's 20 bucks off guess we have like three days to buy that before it's not that it's not forty dollars for another like six seven months so so uh moving on dylan i think there's one game that you probably could touch on and talk about that nobody else could that yes uh, you, you can shine a little bit of a light on before we move on and that is what one of the greatest rpgs of all time mlb the show 21 Correct. It is one of the greatest RPGs of all time. It will be the show 21. So, yes, I, I have been loving this game for That's the past. so weird. I know that it seems weird, but like I like I've baseball. never once I've heard loved... you talk about baseball. I mean, and maybe it's because I don't to, care about I, baseball, so you don't talk about it with me. But it's like <laughs> that's that's exactly I've, the reason. I'm I've like, known you since I could you were talk twelve. About baseball, but Tom doesn't care, so like I'm just gonna be talking. I just about baseball. I feel like it, it. I feel like it would have come up like I'd hear you talking to your dad about it, like in passing or something. But like I can't. 
I can't <laughs> remember a time where I've heard you mention anything that would make me think, yeah, Dylan's a fan of baseball or sports in general at all. Like maybe college football when you were in college, but like, yeah, this, this whole thing is kind of like news to me, which is, you know, it's cool. You know, you're, you're married for like five years and you're still learning stuff about your partner. That's, that's a good thing. <laughs> so yeah. Tell so, us about this game. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's well, like one of the reasons you have not heard me talk about it is because up until now, MLB the show has been locked on PlayStation consoles, of which I did not have one. Um, this is <laughs> this is the first year that it is coming uh, against Sony's wishes to what Xbox about as well. um, what is that baseball game we played, Joe, for like an afternoon? Like Super RBI. Mega Baseball. Super Mega Baseball, RBI and Super Mega are the two that have been on Xbox, and both are pretty terrible from what I understand. <laughs> Except for, I guess, one that Joe picked up last year was supposedly pretty good. But... Super Super Mega is fun. I just don't think it's like, you know, a baseball sim kind mm-hmm. of thing like what MLB is. Yeah, no, like it's, 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 it's arcade very baseball. It's soup. Yeah. It's silly, but it's generally like acknowledged to be a, a good game. But it's not MLB. You know, it's not an actual baseball sim experience or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I want to say I've downloaded demos for some of them, and it was not what I was looking for. Yeah, um, I think one was a game games for gold or game pass. Maybe that's something. what it. That's was. how Joe and I played it. Yeah, but anyways, yeah. So. Anyway, I've been playing a ton of this because it came not only to Xbox, but also to Game Pass. And the to me, one of the true tests of like, is a game actually good is like, would I buy it if it left Game Pass? And for me, the answer for this game is yes. Outriders, I would probably not purchase unless Who's somebody... your team, Dylan? Uh, the Braves. Okay. So. Come on. Well, maybe maybe you weren't there for that conversation, but... I mean, I know he's he's been to a Braves game. Mm. I've been to Braves. I've been to Mets. I've been to Phillies, Yankees. Huh. So yeah, it was like last time we had this talk, and we're like, "Oh, Dylan's into baseball." We didn't know that, and he brought up that like half the point of when they went to Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, for I yeah, I high school or like... college graduation was to go see a Braves game. Yeah, Bob and, wanted to see the Braves game, and Dylan wanted to see Azalea dying. That's how it's always been in my mind, canonically. Yeah. <laughs> like, Neither of those is true. I wanted, to, we both wanted to go see a Braves game, and we both wanted to go see uh, Nightwish. Nightwish, that's yeah, that's so. right. It was Nightwish. Uh, how, how do you feel about the Shuckers? Uh, the Shucker. I've been to a few of their games. They've been fun. I like them. So it's a good, decent pastime. They were uh, so like in this game. So uh, I'll bring it back to this game rather than just talking about how weird it is that I like <laughs> baseball. Apparently, <laughs> um, so there are a few different modes that you can play this game is in. So one of them is like the the like RPG like character one where you create your player. You kind of like make them in the in the game character creator. You choose which position you want them to play in this game you can play as like a two-way player which means they play in the field and they also pitch and so you you kind of start as that but you can choose to focus on one or the other if you want to or you can choose to still do both and so that you kind of play through all these games you start in the minor leagues and as you play and you do things in the game so like as if you're pitching you know as you're 
making like you're pitching strikes as you're striking people out um or even if they hit it if they hit it in a way that like is it makes it so that you can get an out like you're you're leveling up your skills if you're pitching badly um your skills like you'll lose progress on some of your skills um and same goes for like being in the field or batting like if you're swinging at things that are outside the strike zone some of your stats will be going down if you're hitting balls well stats will go up and 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 that sort of a thing and so you kind of work your way up through like a little story bit where you start in like the the triple a work your way up to the double a and then eventually get that call up to like the major leagues and you can choose to just kind of randomly be assigned to a team or you can choose to play for like a specific like be working towards a specific team so i chose the the braves um so i was originally playing for like the mississippi braves that are based out of jackson and i was playing the shuckers and they were beating me a lot um which is annoying (laughs) But then eventually I got moved up to the Gwinnett um, Strikers, Stripers, something like that, which is out of Atlanta or out of Georgia. Um, and eventually I will get to the the Braves for like a full season and that sort of thing. And so ultimately, like your goal is to get onto the major league team and uh, win like the World Series um, as as the player. And so you're you know it has little interruptions of like story stuff where like you're like they've got interspersed through all of it like these mlb commentators and podcasters kind of like popping up and like chronicling like the things that are going on with you and your player and so like you'll play a game and so like your player their self is not like really doing much story stuff but it's like you the there are a bunch of people talking about the things that your player is doing um, on these like podcast things, which is pretty cool. So that's one of the modes. Um, Another one of the modes is like the franchise mode where you just play as a team um, and you do a bunch of like management stuff. I haven't really done much of that just because that's a little bit too, like I could do it, but I prefer the other modes. There's a March to October, which just has you, like it, it's all kind of like RPG ish to me. So like you choose the team that you want to do and then it drops you into like key little battles or moments. And so like it'll put you in like the seventh inning and like basically be like win this game for like a, a boost. And so then it's like if you win the game when it's simulating the next few games, like you have a greater chance to win those. Um, If you lost the game or you didn't perform well, you would have a greater chance to lose those. And so your ultimate goal is to eventually get into the playoffs and then eventually to the, the world series and win that. So that's been kind of cool. Um, And then there's the diamond dynasty mode, which is like their online sort of FIFA ultimate team ish thing, Mm -hmm. except for it's a lot, kinder than fifa ultimate team from what i understand because i have not had to like purchase anything and i have a bunch of like high ranked players so uh, one of their marketing things is that you can earn all of the players just by playing the game and i i don't know like i think if you're looking for a specific player it might be like tougher to just like target and get them but so far it seems like they've got a lot of like I haven't, I constantly am earning like new players and cards and packs and stuff. So I haven't, I've played the game for like, well, the game has been on for like 200 hours. I have not been actively playing it for that long. I was looking at your uh, Xbox stats or whatever it is. And I was surprised to see that you have like 60% 
achievements in MLB already. Mm-hmm. Like you're, yeah. you're trucking right along. And most of them are not that rough to get. Most of them you get just by like normally naturally playing the game. Like there's one tied to most of the modes and then like just by like get a hundred home runs or something like that. So there's there's not I was surprised by that, too, because like looking at the achievements I don't have, like none of them are really that complicated to get. It's just like play the game, basically. But it's they've got a lot of weird modes too. like in the Diamond Dynasty. They've got like a showdown mode where you kind of like draft a team like there's a lot of card drafting sort of thing where you like draft different players um and build like a team so they've got like one where you're competing against the ai they've got one that's essentially like a battle royale that way they've got one that plays out kind of like an rts sort of thing where you're trying to take over a map by like playing your team against the others like when there's a battle so there's a lot of like random like cool stuff like that that i've got and and then they've got like moments which are just like you jump in and you play like a you know babe ruth hit you know six home runs in this game or whatever see if you can do it too sort of situation but so all of that's been fun and just like as a game in general like baseball itself is very like chill like there's a lot of just like you know you can be playing center field but like you're only going to have to do something every so often. So for me, that's been kind of nice because I can just kind of like set it on sort of the like watch the whole game mode and like it'll give you like a little alert of like, hey, you're about to have to like do something, but you can just watch the game for the most part. And so it's like I can be doing other things, working on like papers for school or, you know, like doing other things Uh, like I've been watching critical role on the side a lot of it and then like it'll be like hey like you've got you've got to catch this ball and throw it to first base and i'll be like okay i can do that so (laughs) (laughs) so i have a question for you did you ever play slugfest i don't think so oh my god like watching this gameplay they're watching reminds me of slugfest so much because that's the only baseball game i really got into and that was the baseball game where the announcer announcers were just like silly and like sarc like it wasn't Trey Parker levels of like stupid. Yeah. It was like they walked a fine line of being like <laughs> it felt like a baseball game, but also there it was funny. Yeah. But it was the game where like you could bean your pitcher or bean your batter, and if you hit him too many times with the ball, he would catch on fire and become like a super player. Mm-hmm. And so it was just, it was silly enough. We we had it for the GameCube and we played yeah. it a ton. And it's funny because I really liked that game and I really played quite a bit of Madden 20 when I first got my Xbox. So it's like when I actually sit down and play some of these sports games, I have a, a decent time. I just never initially think about it or think that that would be something I would want to play. Yeah. Yeah, because it's 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 one of those where like, especially like for it, like in our circle, I think a lot of times sports games get a bit of a bad rap just because it's like, in essence, a lot of times it is the same game just being re-released each year. And that is to an extent true for MLB The Show 21. Like if you own MLB The Show 20, 
on the PlayStation, like it's probably like I I don't know that I'd be like, yes, you need to like pick this up. But like if you're an Xbox player or something like that, it's like, oh, yes, like this is the first time that you get a chance to play this game. And it is actually like one of the one like some of the like FIFAs and some of the like NFLs of recent years have been like, you know, fives or sixes out of tens this one was getting like what it end up with like an 80 something i want to say and so like this one is generally regarded as actually like a a, just a good game in general but mlb games generally get like good scores Mm -hmm. yeah and so yeah it's a fun game like and it's been interesting too like to play it after we had kind of our discussion about like our sports games rpgs because that's kind of framed it in a new light which like i was gonna have fun with this game anyway but to you know diamond dynasty is basically like put together your rpg party and go like have a bunch of like random encounters with other teams uh like the road to the show is basically like create your character and walk them through an rpg so it's been it's been fun. It's been cool. Um, I haven't played a ton of like competitive online stuff, but just like the game itself has been a whole lot of fun um, and it plays really well. Like it's I mean, it should, but it gives you like a lot of choices and options like difficulty wise. You can set it to like baby mode. You can set it all the way up um, or you can have like a dynamic like there's a bunch of different difficulties, but it has like a dynamic system where like you can start it off at like beginner and then as you learn to play the game it kind of levels up with you and makes it harder to like the pitchers start throwing harder balls the um like the like throwing pitches also becomes more difficult that sort of thing so that's kind of cool they've got a bunch of different ways that you can pitch that you can do the batting and so there's a lot of customization which is pretty cool too so nice um, yeah you're making me want to kind of go check it out yeah but and it is and again like yeah it is it is on game pass and it also can be played on i uh on the cloud i haven't tried it on the cloud yet but it can be played on the cloud sweet well just to wrap this one up and round it out i'm gonna shout out um i'm playing bloodborne still yep Dylan's playing it with me. I am on the road to platinuming that game. So that is my goal right now. Going through the chalices, trying to knock out all that bull crap. Nothing really I want to like dive into or report yet. I think whenever I platinum it, I will like capture that moment and post it on our YouTube channel slash social media pages and stuff. And we'll, we'll talk about it then. But we're, we're getting close. I'm only a few trophies away. So I'm excited about that. Uh, I've started Near Automata and Child of Light recently on the Switch. There was a sale on some games, so I started Child of Light. Really enjoying it so far. Don't have too much to report on that one either. Near Automata is weird. <laughs> it's cool. It's super Japanese. Still pretty early on, but I'm really liking what I've played so far. A lot of the marketing and hype around Near Replicant version bunch of numbers got me excited and I was like, I really want to play near replicant. And I thought, wait, I have automata on two consoles cause it's on game pass and I have it on PlayStation. So I was like, I'm just going to play that one first. 
So that's what I did. And it's also on my list that I mentioned early this year about games that people talk about that I own that I want to beat by the end of the year. So I've started that. That's probably what I'll dive into head first once I get the Bloodborne plat. Also, I don't know if we've talked about it. We probably have, but we did the the Bloodborne DLC, which was really fun. So we yeah. beat that, Dylan and I. We'll, we'll, we'll talk more in depth about all things Bloodborne in a like Bloodborne-specific spoiler cast. Yeah, we're going to do a, a Bloodborne episode at some point. But other than you know, a ton of Outriders early on this month and or last month too and then the bloodborne stuff i'm in that i've just kind of started a couple games but i don't really have too much to report yet stage which is good because i think it's about time for us to play a a game of our own now before we move on i do have one question and i you don't like we don't have to go into a lot of detail but joe are you still playing wow or have you given it up no i'm still playing wow we couldn't play it takes two <laughs> because he had to do wow stuff so we're yeah he's still there we are he's still on it on the verge of finishing the tier and and then i will find a different rating schedule it won't be a better rating schedule don't get excited tom um <laughs> just different it'll, different, it'll just be better. different it'll it'll be probably tuesday wednesday thursday that's the most common but uh did two night rating for a tier and we technically got there in the end but it has not been fun because this unless you are very very deliberate and do a lot of outside of raid time planning six hours a week is not enough to like maintain your sanity and finish the raid like we are we are a six-hour guild rating like we go nine hours, and generally, if you're going to play six hours, you need to be like heavily efficiency-minded, trying to like make those six hours count. Gotcha. Just wasn't sure because it wasn't on there anymore. Yeah, I, no, like, I just I figured that's just kind of a given. It's a given. Yeah, it's it's like Joe's if I actually talk playing. about like what's going on, I think most people are gonna like their eyes are gonna roll into the back of their head and <laughs> we're gonna lose our audience. So I don't know, man. There's like it's Wow still... has super fans. Like you, yeah, like those people. Like you're like, oh, dude, he's six hour, nine hour, whatever. Yeah. You're just if, talking if about. If you like, want to hear about how 250 polls of Sire Denathrius is gone, send us an email or a Twitter DM or something, and I'll I'll tell you all about it. We'll let Joe host another episode because our our Wow episode actually is like one of our yeah I was gonna say is that like in our top episodes. five so yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah speaking of that little thing I mentioned earlier Joe and I are planning to start our playthrough of It Takes Two this weekend so by the time this episode comes out on podcast platforms there should be a vod up and I'm sure it's gonna go fantastic. And there will be no technical difficulties, and it's going to be beautiful. <laughs> right, Joe? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of something that's going to be beautiful, do you have a game prepared I for us, Joe? Are do we have a game prepared? Closing game for this episode? I don't have a name for this game. It was loosely inspired by um, 
the price is right kind of over under game but i tweaked it a little bit so what i'm looking at is the steam stats page that has the top 100 games gta 5 being played on steam right now by current players oh okay i debated going by the daily peak but the the problem with doing that is the, the list gets a lot harder to read when I, I look at it that way it's easier if i just go by the the current number of players so what i'm going to do is i'm going to name two titles and uh you guys will one of you needs to keep score by the way throw that out there um dylan is our score guru he's got it yes i'll throw two titles and you guys are going to both guess which one you think has Has more players right right now now. yep okay like at this very moment at this very moment 10 friday night in the middle of may yep okay and then we'll do this we'll do 11 of these um and see how things are from there do we have so we both are guessing uh, like we can guess the same thing or no? Yes, you can guess the same okay. thing. We, the the answer won't be given until uh until like you both guessed. Okay. So starting at kind of the the higher end of things, Grand Theft Auto Five or Dota Two. Okay. Hmm. That's a tough one. I'm going to go GTA. I feel like... I feel like it's GTA as well. I'm going to guess GTA as well. Nope. It's Dota by a long (laughs) shot. Dota has 282,000 people playing right now with a daily peak of 630,000. GTA 5 has 54,000 people playing right now at the daily wow. peak of 125,000. Yeah, I guess GTA hasn't really put out like a like an expansion or contents for a few weeks, yeah. so there's probably a little bit of a drop off. I guess I just think of it being like constantly at the top set, like it's constantly on the top 10 list of sales. Um, yeah, so. the MPDs, yeah. All right, so nobody gets that point. All right, next pair is uh, Path of Exile or Rocket League. I think it's Path of Exile, personally. I'm going to go Rocket League. That's a point for Andrew. Yeah. 50,000 people are playing Rocket League and 38,000 are playing Path of Exile. Yeah. Now, it also should be mentioned that Path of Exile might also be available as a direct download mm. through their site, um, which which could affect these so this numbers. So only people playing through Steam. Okay. Yep. Uh, here's another one. Destiny 2 mm. or Team Fortress 2? I'm going to go Destiny I also think Destiny 2. Just because it's more recent. Nope. Not only gets a point. Team Fortress 2 has 97,000 active players. Destiny 2 has 87,000 active players. Does Destiny go through a different... It goes through the Blizzard launcher, doesn't it? 
Well, did no, no, they no. They did, Activision. but they separated from Activision. Oh, okay. They have to go through it's... Steam now. Um, For some reason, I thought they were still on the Blizzard launcher. And they both, they both have like, a oh, daily peak sense. of 103,000. Mm. But what's important is Team Fortress 2 is a free-to-play game. Mm. So is Destiny now, though. Yeah, Destiny 2 up to a certain point is free. Is it? Yeah, just the core game is free. Like the, the Oh, but you still got to like buy the not. expansion, like the latest expansion. Right. right. Yeah, no, Team Fortress 2 is just free and you, you jump in there. Counter-Strike Global Offensive or Tom Clancy's Rainbow Siege Rainbow Six Siege, not Rainbow Siege Six. See, until you said Rainbow Six Siege, I was ready to just be like, it's definitely Counter Strike. But now, yeah, I'm, Rainbow I'm Six has. Mm. I'm still going with Counter Strike. Well, I'll go Rainbow Six just to keep it interesting. That's a point for Dylan. Counter Strike has 444,000 active players. Rainbow Six Siege has about 10% of that. Wow. See, this is a. Uh... This is very much games that I hear the names of being thrown around, but I, if you ask me to describe what Counter-Strike was to you, couldn't do it. <laughs> this was the only week I could remotely get away with this game, because if like Aubrey and Caleb were here, this would, I think, really just be in Dylan's favor. Although Caleb might surprise us. Yeah, Caleb's a wild card. Caleb's a wild card. Speaking of intricate knowledge of player counts for PC games, <laughs> just <laughs> randomly. Yeah. So speaking of what's um, new right now, Mass Effect Legendary Edition or Resident Evil Village. Now, Mass Effect Ooh, came right out now. on Steam, right? This isn't one of those trick questions where it came out. Yeah, did it Origins. come to the EA? No, it came out. Remember, this is the. These are the top 100 games being played right now through Steam. Okay. I'm going to say Mass Effect um, just because I think more people would play it, but also like Resident Evil came out a week ago, right? Two weeks ago. I feel like it's short enough that the like first wave is over, you know? But like we've confirmed Mass Effect came out on Steam. Joe said it did. Yeah, if it didn't oh, come okay. out on Steam, it wouldn't be on this list. Okay, so you're not trolling. Then yeah, I think it's probably Mass Effect 2, just because Resident Evil's a week old. Yep, Mass Effect is winning, but just barely um, by about 2,500 players. They're, oh, wow. they're both in the upper... They're both close to 40,000 current active players. They're definitely like the thing right now, both yeah. of them, because it's been a Yeah, and their, their daily year. peak is is dead even um so yeah mass Resident effect Evil village was the highest like the highest player concurrent i think that a resident evil game has reached yeah or something. so that's like that was i don't know if village has staying power or mass effect just isn't blowing up like it should a lot of people are playing mass effect on console yeah yeah um so let's look at strategy for a second Let's do that. Sid Meier's... The category we know the most about. (laughs) (laughs) Sid Meier's Civilization VI or Total War Warhammer II? Oh, God. This is a 50-50 shot for me. Yeah. Because I could see arguments for both of those. I'll say Civ just because I'm more familiar with it. Not because I have 
any factual thing to back that up. <laughs> I will go Total War Warhammer 2 because they just dropped the trailer for Total War 3. So. It is Civ 6 by a decent margin. Yeah! Civ 6 <laughs> is 27,000 current. Total War Warhammer 2 has 19,000 current. One of those is a better game, though. So. Civ, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Wrong. So we're going to throw it back just a little bit. Let's do it. Let's throw Let's it on see. back. All right. So Left 4 Dead 2. Oh, God. Or Terraria. Oh, man. <laughs> Jeez. Terraria is one of those games where I've heard the name but couldn't tell you what the hell it is. I'm going Left 4 Dead. I'm just going to stick with like just mm-hmm. a, just from the heart. <laughs> I'll I'll pick Terraria just because like honestly it could be either of those in my mind. Yeah, it's know, Terraria. Be some competition. Okay. Terraria has thirty one thousand right now, and Left 4 Dead Two has eighteen thousand right now. I thought you were just gonna say thirty one. Yeah, <laughs> thirty one people. Um, top one hundred. One is okay. So now we're gonna look at zombie horror for a second okay these are games where resident evil and these are games where i'm like (laughs) well but that 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 was then go head to head um these are games where it's like i could vaguely tell you what they're about but honestly don't know all that much seven days to die or dead by daylight i'm gonna go dead by daylight i i am also gonna go dead by daylight it is Dead by Daylight by a pretty Yeah, I've, wide I've actually heard of that one and see people playing it. I don't think I've ever. Yeah. I don't think I could yeah. say that for Seven Days to Die. Seven Days to Die is like a sort of like Ark or Minecraft, but like with zombie. Like it's. Zombie and Dead by survival. Daylight is like one of those asymmetric. Like, mm-hmm, like a 4v1 sort yeah. of. Or five. I think it's 4v1. I don't know. Like the. Like Evolve or. Um, the Friday thirteenth or something. Yeah. Here's one that uh this this should be fun. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Oh wow. Or The Witcher Three. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say Witcher Three. Since we're tied, I'm gonna say Cyberpunk. Even How are we though tied. Because we've both gotten things wrong. But I feel like, I, I, I feel like Andrew is correct with The Witcher Three, but Andrew is just barely incorrect, and if I used a different metric, he would be right. Really? Cyberpunk has 8,214, where The Witcher 3 has 7,971. Now, what's interesting is The Witcher 3 has the higher peak for the day Mm. at 18,000 peak players to Cyberpunk's 12,000 peak players. So what you're saying is people who play the Witcher, Witcher Three right now, people who play Witcher Three are cooler and have stuff going on on their Friday nights, whereas people who play Cyberpunk are losers and don't have anything going on on their Friday nights. That's what you're saying. That's science. Yeah, I science, mean that's by a difference of three hundred people. Yes. Oh man. Outriders versus. Oh, nope. oh where did it go? I just saw it. Frick, I lost it. Oh, well, there it is. Monster Hunter World. Monster Hunter World all the way. Uh, 
Oh, dang it. You know it's right. <laughs> yeah, I It's probably say, not, actually, but... I don't know. Like, I feel like Monster Hunter is a dedicated fan base and Outriders is a flash in the pan. Now, question. Is the, are the Steam numbers you're looking at US only, or are they worldwide? Oh, worldwide, for sure. Um, okay. that, that's why, World. like... That's why like Counter Strike is so high. Because I, I, is... I thought about being different from Dylan just to like make it interesting, but if I do that, then the margin grows. So it's Monster Hunter by a, yeah. a pretty decent amount. Yeah, Monster Hunter Outriders is thirteen thousand, and Outriders is about eight thousand. How many more of these do you have? I got one more. Okay, so going into the final round, it's Andrew me five, five Dylan, Dylan six. six. So we can tie it up or Dylan can win. Yeah, and we're going to go even further down the list here. I can't wait. We're going to do a comparison between Fall Guys, Ultimate Knockout. Oh, man. And Football Manager 2020. Oh, man. I'm going Football Manager. I will say Fall Guys to make it you know different it is football manager by about two thousand players oh man so we're tied do you have a tiebreaker all right all right uh let me pull a tiebreaker out real quick um you gotta think about you said worldwide so it's like football manager yeah european i was fairly certain it was football manager yeah um but i was like maybe interesting maybe fall guys had its moment and it still has a dedicated fan base but it's not all right so we'll, we'll pick some uh some big names again the elder scrolls 5 skyrim special edition mm. or the elder scrolls online i have a question before we guess and joe you may or may not know this did they upgrade everyone who owns Skyrim to the special edition on Steam, or is that like separate from like people who purchased Skyrim initially on that Steam? Is everybody who owns Skyrim owns special edition. Okay. Because that In was going fact, to change I my don't answer. No, if you can Because I even I have them both Sky- and I don't, I don't even know if you can like them. <laughs> so if you can buy Skyrim that isn't the special edition anymore. Yeah. Well my guts my guts saying Skyrim, but I feel like that's gonna be your answer too, Dylan. <laughs> uh what was the other answer? Elder Scrolls Online. I'm gonna go Elder Scrolls Online. I could see okay. it. I'll go Skyrim, Dylan goes Elder Scrolls Online. It is the Elder Scrolls Online. Oh, okay. Yeah. By about 3,000 uh, people. 3,000? Okay. Yeah. I was wondering if it was a big margin or not. Mm-hmm. And that margin's even bigger if you consider that Elder Scrolls Online is mainly distributed through like direct download and not through Steam. Yeah, yeah but we're, not, we're talking about Steam, yeah. aren't we? Yes, we are. Yeah, these are just Steam numbers. But for yeah. like real-world comparison... Oh yeah, yeah. When you yeah, talk about the relative sure. popularity, at least on PC, like there's nowhere else you're getting this game on PC except Steam. Like I think technically Bethesda has a launcher, but that's going to be an insignificant yeah. number of players. Yeah, I would the only one that I feel like would have been interesting to see is uh Witcher 3 versus Cyberpunk through like GOG or something because I feel like Witcher would have won in that that market space. Or just yeah, all 
like PC players from all storefronts or something. Yeah, unfortunately, if those numbers exist, those are like whoever's collecting them makes you pay to see them. Now, is there not a way for a developer to like put in some sort of code thing that's like that tracks where the user bought it from or downloaded it from? Like, is there not a way to put like a cookie in there or something? Not, it wouldn't be in their game. It would just be in like their sales reports. Okay. Um, I was like, they, I was they, gonna say, like they've got to know, right? Who's buying it from where? Yeah, but they yeah. I mean, they, yeah, it. they they know it from like, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Our okay. our contact at Epic got back to us. We moved text copies, and they could even do something where they deliver different config files with each version and then when they ping back to the server if it's an online game they can say hey, it was bought through this storefront um, if they wanted to get like live stats yeah so dylan dylan took that one home he's the the winner seven points to the, my uh, six it was close champion you might say yep you might say that the champion <laughs> of the trivia game based on the PC storefront. So, I mean, I don't know how much you want to brag about that, but I mean, I could say it and then people <laughs> might just think Joe's talking instead since apparently True, we sound yeah, the same. You guys are basically <laughs> the same person. Uh, do you guys have anything you want to get off your chest or shout out before we call this one? Wrap it up. Nah. Nope. All right, cool. Well, with that, I just want to say thanks for checking out this episode of the Level Playing Field podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Again, please go check out our website, levelplayingfieldgaming.com, where you can find all of our social media, our YouTube channel, our Twitch, our Patreon, all of our directories. And if you want to write into the show directly to tell Joe he needs to record that deep dive on World of Warcraft, you can shoot us a message on social media or email us at lpfgamespodcast at gmail.com. Big thank you to my co-hosts, Dylan and Joe. And even bigger thank you to our listeners and viewers. We sincerely appreciate your support. Now say goodbye, everybody. See ya. See ya, everybody. What? Joe's, Use it. Joe's face when that like ending music that, that was loud. <laughs> I could see, I could see him in the little window down below, and his eyebrows told a story. I'm sitting here and kind of our, our <laughs> low, steady voices, chill conversation, and getting. <laughs> Freaking everything is awesome blasted into my headphones. <laughs> <laughs>